This episode of Dear Anxiety is brought to you by GoZen, creators of online social and emotional learning programs for kids, parents, professionals, and schools. Do you or your kids face emotional challenges? Visit GoZen.com to start transforming stress, anxiety, and anger into confidence, courage, and resilience. I'm grateful for you. Well, I'm grateful for you. It's been a while, and I have to say, we got through the holidays. Now, holidays, in my mind, is spelled H-O-L-I-D-A-Z-E. Holidays. Yes, that's how you spell holidays, because people go into a whole thing. And we'll talk about this on another show. We have to have a whole a whole show dedicated to this, this holiday thing. But gratitude, because we just came off Thanksgiving, and you would think that gratitude would be an integral part of Thanksgiving. It sounds like it makes sense. It sounds like it connects. But there's a lot of other emotions that come up. But let's get to gratitude because gratitude, and I'm reading this from a website right now, comes from the Latin word gratis, which means thankful and pleasing. Yes, thankful and pleasing. Yeah. That sounds about right. Do you want to tell everyone what the show is? Oh, yeah. We have a show. I don't know if you're listening. Wherever you're listening right now, you're not just listening to two people talking. No. This is a show called Dear Anxiety. What is Dear Anxiety? Well, it's dear and it's anxiety. (laughs) The show is we talk about we talk about mental health and we talk about how we relate to our mental well-being to our thoughts, to our feelings. We talk about the dream of emotional wellness, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being, fitness, emotional fitness. We know physical fitness, that's easy, but what is emotional fitness? What does it mean to be well? What does it mean? And we talk about all these issues that relate to those things, relate to that. Like today, we're gonna talk about gratitude, for example. But we talk about all kinds of subjects. And then we try to give you some tools and some things that you can practice. Because mental health, mental well-being, any kind of well-being is only as good as what you can practice. It is a practice. If you believe happiness is a practice, clap your hands. So I don't do this alone. No, I couldn't. And I couldn't even begin to do it anyway. But Rainy Jane is coming up in just a minute. I want to tell you about Rainy Jane. She's listening. She's here. But I'm going to talk about her. I am um, here and I'm she, listening. No, Go she's ahead. listening. She's here. <laughs> Rini, this is interesting to me. You talk about being thankful. I mean, I'm thankful that I found her because I found her through her business, through her company called GoZen, G-O-Z-E-N.com. And I was looking for some techniques, some tools, some guidance about anxiety and I found Rini online, and I resonated so much with what she was saying and with her programs, animations, and all the things that she does with Gozen, which helps people with anxiety relief and resilience skills and how to stress better and all kinds of education about well-being that I kept writing to her. And I kept badgering her is what I did. And eventually, I think she just said, I can't deal with the badgering so much. And so we let's became... do a podcast together. <laughs> yeah. <you> stalker. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened. I think that's exactly what happened. And so you studied applied positive psychology from Martin Seligman, the father, the, the, the priest, the high priest of applied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. You studied that. But you weren't always an expert in applied positive psychology. 
You didn't start out that way. This is like the hair club for men. You didn't start out that. You were a client. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. You have good hair. I don't have hair. I can't talk about the hair club because I'm not part of it. I'm part of the bald club. Not as nice a club. So when it comes to gratitude, to me, this is something that you practice, right? So how do you do it? And how does it integrate? How does it find its way into your life? You know, gratitude makes me laugh. And the reason that I laugh is because I often associate it with angry parents. <laughs> I'm always thinking, oh. you should be more grateful. That's, oh. Those are the words that sort of come to mind. Oh. You guys should be more grateful for what you have. I think maybe this is this might be some generational pain of my own. <laughs> my mom saying things like, you know, you should eat those beans on your plate because you should be grateful you have the beans. My mom's lovely, by the way. She's amazing but she would get really upset if we didn't eat all of our food. We had to be part of the clean plate club. Oh, no. (laughs) Mm -mm. We clean the plate up. Now now in my house, we do the mindful eating club. But when we were growing up, it was the clean plate club. You know, and we got a lot of lectures about kids in different parts of the world that didn't have as much as us and how she grew up. And yeah, so I'm laughing because I feel like we get angry when our kids are not grateful. And so you're asking how I practice it. I make it a very intentional practice in my life. I literally will do gratitude meditations just for myself. And this is not necessarily a formal meditation or, you know, I'm I'm sitting crisscross applesauce on the ground. I will do it when I'm walking. I will do it when I'm brushing my teeth. I will do it sometimes when I wake up in the morning. I will do it spontaneously throughout the day where I literally just take a deep breath in and I exhale out. And I truly palpably savor and I'm grateful for something very specific in my life. And I do that probably about three times a day. And so that's how I practice gratitude because I believe it is a practice. I know that we have talked about on this show the negativity bias and how our brain scans for danger in the environment, right? This is something that's been with us for millions of years since we were cave people, that bad weighs more than good, and it has kept us alive. So it's easier, it has been easier traditionally to focus on the bad stuff, right? And most psychologists will say that bad stuff weighs three to five times more than good things in your life. So you actually have to spend some time giving conscious attention to the stuff that's going well because your brain is designed to focus on the other stuff. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, and it is kind of interesting. Now, what's the, when you're holding this this thing in your mind that you're grateful for, mm-hmm. what are you, are you picturing it? Are you getting details about it? It's one thing. That's how you do it. And what's the sensation? What are you feeling when you're doing that? Yeah, that's such a great question. I do a couple of things. You know, I put my hand on my heart. The heart is such an interesting organ. At the Heart Math Institute, they've done all of these research studies on basically showing the activity of the heart, the electromagnetic activity of the heart, and how it's 60 times stronger than the brain, and that it has its own neurons. And said in very lay terms, it's basically its own thinking entity, right? It's its own brain. It has its own brain. So I believe that there is really like a heart connection going on when you are feeling 
feeling and savoring and expressing gratitude. So I put my hand in my heart. I think that's something that we naturally do when something warms our heart. I put my hand in my heart, I close my eyes, and I try to visualize it so I see it in my mind's eye. So whatever the thing is, right, I was oftentimes I'm grateful for my family. So I see my two kids and my husband and I will have an image of them. I'm holding that image in my mind. And I try to do it for about 15 to 20 seconds because that's the amount of time that it takes to make an imprint of something good, psychologically speaking, on your on your mind. So yeah, that's what I do. And I, you know, I take some deep breaths in and out and I hold that feeling. And I could be imagining it, Ed. I feel warmth when I do that. I feel physical warmth from my chest area when I practice gratitude in this way. It's very interesting because it's that sensation that's re- that's really amazing and strong and powerful. I've done it that way. I need to do it a lot more, but I've done it that way. And get a picture in your mind. Good to good one to do before you go to bed too. It could be a good one to do when you wake up in the morning. But to have the sensation and the feeling and the thought, to have it all line up together is very powerful. And the thing I find about gratitude is, how about gratitude being used as an intervention? What I find is that when you're going a little bit crazy in your mind, if you stop, not that I've ever experienced that, but if you stop and you actually think of something that you are grateful about or for, it acts as an immediate antidote and a complete reverse of direction. You don't have to do anything. Just thinking, it's a strange kind of powerful thing. It like repels negativity. It repels chatter. It repels everything. And it doesn't matter how good you are at it. It's just the action of doing that sort of changes course. It's like a boat that just like you're going really fast one way and then you the boat just turns around. It provides this this absolutely amazing strength. And with a little bit of practice, like you're saying, it's like a muscle that you're fine-tuning, that you're strengthening. And really it can turn things around. And just like you're saying, you don't have to buy anything new or acquire anything or get a promotion, right? This is just with what you have that's going well for you in your life. And the research studies behind gratitude interventions is just, it's so amazing what they have found when people regularly practice gratitude. They have improved sleep, both in duration and quality of sleep, fewer physical aches and pains. This mind-body connection is amazing. Fewer physical pains. It can decrease your blood pressure, reduce stress, improve your relationships, and really improve your life satisfaction. It's just amazing to me when they study gratitude, the kind of effects that it has. They've done some research with kids from, I think, ages 11 to 13 that show that kids become happier, more optimistic, and really cultivate better friendships with their school, family, community, and those around them. It's wonderful. And you're saying that it, it's, it, this is not something that takes 20 minutes. It's not something that takes an hour. It's not something that takes... This literally could be done in as little as a minute or even less. It can be done in a minute or less, you know, and I think for those of you listening, the parents out there who are like, oh my goodness, when my kids roll their eyes when we talk about gratitude and it feels, it can feel like one, how do we get our kids buy-in to do it. And 
Yeah, I think that's that. I think that's the big one. Before I move on, so it's like, how do we make this a practice in our house? Because it can be, it can be so simple and so powerful, yet seem like, okay, is this really going to happen, or is it going to happen? And then my kids habituate to it, right? Because we habituate to lots of things. I live in LA now for two and a half years, and I promise you I have not gotten used to the sun yet. I love it so much. However, I can see how living here for a long time, you're a longtime LA resident, you might take the weather for granted. Yeah, so just like that, we might habituate to a gratitude exercise. And so I think in order to practice with our families, I think variety is important, but I also think making it a ritual you know, is important. If you can start the day with it, it's good before you get you get running and you can end the day with it, it could be good. But like you say, you can incorporate it into your day. I think this whole idea, and we've talked about this before, the whole idea that it takes some kind of big ceremony to be mindful or to meditate or to do a, a mental health practice, it, it takes some kind of big ceremony, some kind of big action is where where we get lost. It's not a big action. It's taking it along with you as you're doing your other stuff. Like for you, you've talked about you brush your teeth and you do these things or you are, you know, doing whatever you're doing, but you're incorporating it into your walk or into your into an event or into something that you're doing. There's no special time for this. This is something that you do as part of like what you do. So if it's a minute, if it's two minutes, if it's 20 seconds, you just stop and take a breath. A lot of it starts with a breath. It could start with a breath. And then you use your mind to think about and then feel something. And then maybe it's a physical cue. Maybe it is your hand on your heart. But if you're in a place where you feel like, maybe I'm not going to put my hand on my heart right now, you can just picture the thing that you love. Maybe you don't even need to use the word grateful. Maybe you use the word mindful. But you can't be grateful without being mindful of something that you're grateful for, right? That's actually a really powerful thing. I remember there was a movie once that I saw. It was called Jump for Tomorrow. Great movie. Great little gem of a movie. And a guy puts his hand on his heart. And then he starts like, not beating his heart, but sort of like tapping. And it just creates a very powerful energy, you know? Ooh, that's like Patrick Swayze in uh, Dirty Dancing. The thump, it, the thump. Y- yes. The gunk. And, <laughs> and that's why he, that's why he was, that's why nobody puts baby in the corner. That's why nobody puts baby in the corner. (laughs) And that's our episode on gratitude. If you are thoroughly confused about what we are talking about. (laughs) No, this is so, so gratitude, so grateful. So so it's really, it's really being about like, if you happen to be watching Dirty Dancing, you're grateful for that. That's a good thing to be able to do. But it could be anything. Uh, Oftentimes the best, uh, the best thing to do is to take what's right before you, you know, what's right in front of you, what's happening right now. That could be a good anchor for that. Absolutely. Um, It makes what you have in front of you enough, right? Mm. It makes what you have enough. And I think that is the amazing thing about practicing gratitude. And again, it's a practice. So a lot of people do it. I love what you're saying about it doesn't have to be some complicated thing, right? It can be as simple as talking about something good that happened to you today. At dinner time with your kids, you know anything good. You can do peak. You can you can make it peaks and valleys. Let's talk about the peaks and valleys of the day. Mm -hmm. There, 
was an intervention called a gratitude visit, which is a little bit more formal, right, than doing something like that, or it takes a little bit more effort rather, which is thinking about someone in your past who has had a positive impact on your life. So this might be a teacher or a relative or a mentor and writing a letter to them, a handwritten letter, and then actually either showing up, so that's why it's called a visit, or if they're too far for you to show up, giving them a call and reading it to them. This has been shown to be such an incredibly powerful intervention. It's called the the gratitude visit. So that is something that you can try on for size if you're feeling daring. But we there's lots of other simple ways to practice gratitude. One way that I have been trying with my kids is gratitude spotting. Right. So I want them to recognize not just not just practice gratitude, but really understand when other people are being grateful. So sometimes instead of saying, you know, what what are you grateful for today or what's something that went well for you today? We'll say, hey, did we see anyone that was grateful for something today? You know, can we did we can we spot some gratitude? And so we often do this with different kinds of character strengths, different strength spotting, but gratitude is a way to do that. And it really makes them think, you know, because you have to think about it. Wait a second, did I, have I seen anyone be grateful for something today? And they get very excited when they're able to come up with an idea or something that they saw and they're happy to share. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Yeah, that you're you have that awareness. Well, let's do. You want to try something? Let, let's do. This is could be interesting. Let's do like a live in the moment gratitude visit. You're not right. Mm. You could write a letter. You could mm-hmm. read a letter. But right now, I'm going to ask you: Who is somebody who's made a big impact on your life that you're grateful for? And what is something that you would say to them? Could be a sentence, could be Mm -hmm. a couple sentences. I would like to write this letter (laughs) to Mr. Palopoulos, my high school physics teacher. Holy cow. Yes. Mm. Dear Mr. (laughs) Palopoulos, I did not like science before I met you, nor did I think much of school was interesting at all. But I definitely believed I wasn't a science person. And you radically changed my relationship with school by making me see that I was capable of learning and that anything could be made engaging. And I almost became a physicist because of you. But what you did for me, really, beyond just opening me up to science was made me love to learn. I did not love to learn up until that point. You made me love the process of going from not knowing something to developing mastery over it. I honestly think I might have dropped out of school or college if I hadn't met you along the way. So I just wanted to say thank you. And that's really, that's really very powerful and very specific. I want to thank Mr. Palopoulos, too. And I also want to say, Mr. Palopoulos, you rock. (laughs) 
man. <laughs> yeah, that's He's great. Amazing. He was amazing. He made me love learning. I was Jeez. so disengaged in school because of all of the anxiety. I feel that that really contributed to my lack of engagement. When I put my mind to things, I could get them done. I could academically perform, but I did not ever want to. I always felt like everything was forced. And he just rekindled the natural curiosity that I came into the world with. So that was a really big thing for me. What about you, Ed? I would, I I would love I to have... hear your gratitude letter or line. I don't have anything. No, uh, no. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? You give this beautiful thing and then I'm like, no, I don't feel it. Well, there are so many things that flashed into my head and I think that I could stay, you know, I could definitely do teachers, but I think I'm going to do a, a, a wild one, which is not a specific person, but a group. And oh. the group that I'm grateful to are a group called the Beatles. And I'll tell you why I'm grateful to the Beatles. And I'll say, dear Beatles, when I was a, a little kid, I got so much joy from listening to your songs that what I would do is I would, with my sister, my older sister, we would listen on the transistor radio. And there were, every time you came out with a new record, a new 45, we would go take the bus to a square, a Codman Square, which was outside of in Dorchester, where we live, outside of, in Massachusetts. If you wonder where I grew up, if you saw the movie Goodwill Hunting, where Ben Affleck picks up Matt Damon, that's basically my house. And so this Are you real, a Southie? Kind of. Almost on the border of Southie. Very tough neighborhood. People who talk like this, how are you? God love you. Aren't you nice? Aren't you marvelous? That's where I grew up. And so we would go to the local store and sometimes it would be winter time and the Beatles would have a new record. My sister and I would stand there in a long line of people waiting to buy the record in the snow. And then we'd get the record, go back to the house and then put it on the record player, the carry all record player that you would carry around the house with you that had this little needle that you'd pull up and you'd put the record on the platter and you play the record. I really can't express the gratitude I have for the joy that I felt hearing your song and watching the record go around on the record player. It was a Capitol record label, sometimes Apple, but Capitol was orange and yellow and it would go around and swirl around. And for a five-year-old, to watch where my chin would just come up over the record player and I could see the record going around and around. And then I'd hear this amazing music, Penny Lane or Strawberry Fields or She Loves You or All My Lovin' or whatever the song was. And then I would sing the song back into the record. And it's how I learned music. And it's how, and, and the only word I can think of is joy. It was just a pure joy. And we'd listen to it over and over and over again. And I cannot thank you enough for that experience. Wow, that's amazing. We would love for those of you who are listening to try this. Even if you don't end up calling or visiting the person that has had an impact on you, it would be wonderful just to express it, you know, in some way or another, writing the letter or saying it out loud or sharing it with a loved one. So that is called a gratitude visit. Thank you so much, Ed, for sharing yours. You know, a lot of times when parents come, again, I was talking about the, the angry gratitude thing. I think the flip side of what they're seeing of that is, you know, why is my child's feeling so entitled? 
I wish they would be more grateful. So I wanted to touch on that a little bit before we wrap up this podcast. You seen any entitled kids recently? Ed, oh yeah, you know about yeah. entitlement. <laughs> I do, I do. We we live in a you know with cell phone, with mobile phones, and with apps and with gadgetry. You know, technology has given way to a lot of entitled feelings. We need it right now, and if we can't get it right now, what's the use? Yeah, it's it's hard, you know, in this day and age. But I definitely think there are certain things that we can do to raise kids that feel that are pursuing meaning rather and and pursuing making meaningful contributions to the world rather than feeling that things are owed to them, right? Rather than feeling entitled. I think one of the things that we can do with our kids is actually asking them to make those meaningful contributions even for from a young age to both the family unit and to like the greater community. So just doing things like family contributions, right, as otherwise known as chores, can really, really help with this. Kids want to give. They have always given, right? Over time, this has only been in the last like 50, maybe 75 years, 50 years or so, where everybody hasn't had to work together to make the household survive. Otherwise, it was very common for everybody to carry some share of the load to make a family unit work, to make a household work. So kids love to be contributing to the house. So family contributions, I think, are really important. And then, of course, what we're talking about here in cultivating a practice of gratitude. And then also any kind of authentic, so not in a forced way, but service learning project, I'm going to say, that you can do with your family. And it doesn't have to be overly complicated. You don't have to find the perfect volunteering experience. The other day with my daughter, we ended up writing notes of kindness. Now, I was hoping that these came off the right way and they weren't creepy because we dropped them off in our neighbor's mailboxes. We just wrote things that we were grateful for and just also just kind things, you know, like, thank you for being who you are. You make our neighborhood a better place. And then we kind of left those in the mailboxes around us. And that was, you know, that was an act of service and like and and giving back, I think, in a very small way to our community. And I think those are things that kids love to engage in. That's fantastic. That's that's a really powerful one. That's a good one. Did they enjoy it? What was their experience? They really enjoyed it. They really enjoyed it, you know? And I and I think that the last point I want to make is sometimes it's it is easy for us as parents to go into this mode where we start to get upset when our kids aren't quote unquote grateful enough. And I think that we need to remember that it's a practice, that it's a muscle that needs to be exercised, that kids are learning they're a work in progress, as are we, right? And this is something that we can model, of course, but not to go the angry route, right, when it comes to gratitude, to see that if we feel like our kids have room to be more grateful in their lives, then that's just exactly what it is. They have room to be more grateful and we have room to work on it with them. And there's lots of different things, as you guys have heard over this episode, that we can do to practice that. Yeah. And if you can do it together, that's a good thing. Like you were enrolling your kids in this in this practice, but you were doing it with them. And I think if you can do it together, you know, not, not asking your kids to do something that you don't do, which I certainly am guilty of. But I have to I have to be grateful that I have the opportunity and I have a great, great kid to experience these things with. Yeah. Gratitude. 
gratitude. So yeah, we are grateful for everybody who has been listening. We have some really exciting things coming up in 2020. We've been talking about this and we're going to continue to talk about it, but we want to make sure that you guys are signed up on the gozen.com newsletter, which you can do by going to gozen.com and the top of the site says, show me the video. So you click on that and you sign up. And the reason that we're asking you to sign up is that we're going to be sending out some freebies and some gifts during the holidays. And also we have a bunch of exciting stuff that's going to be coming up related to this podcast. And we don't want you to miss that. I'm very excited about that. I'm very grateful for that. And I'm grateful to be part of this podcast, whatever the name of it. No, it's called Dear Anxiety. I really, I want to compliment you too, Rini, for the work that, not only the work that you're doing, but I see a lot of interesting design stuff coming out and goes in. I see a lot of different graphics. I see a lot of experimentation with different programs. There's lots going on there. We're mixing and, it up, Ed. Well, I see <laughs> mixing it. Mixing it up. I see yeah. it. And it's really, it's really, it's really great stuff. It's really Thank bright you. and vibrant and playful and powerful. And, and the, 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 the content is very good. So congratulations on that. Grateful for that. Grateful to know you. And I want to tell you that, you, first of all, your reviews, you listening to us makes everything possible. We're all connected. We're all community. This is where the power in the world is. It's not in the politics. It's in each other. So let's, you know, be grateful for that. There is somebody opposite you. There is somebody out there in the world and it doesn't take much to connect with them. So that that's a that's a big thing. You can find Dear Anxiety wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe you go to Google Play. Maybe you go to Apple. Maybe you go to iTunes. Maybe you go to Stitcher. I don't know where you go, but wherever you go, we're there. And you can That's find right. it. We're in your yeah. face. We're in your face. There's no, you can't hide from this. Don't even think that you can because we'll find you. We'll find you. And then we'll be grateful when we do. So keep listening and keep reviews are helpful. Subscribe, pass it on, write us. I know that you can write us somewhere. And Rini will tell you, <laughs> you where can, that is. Yes, you can go to gozen.com forward slash Dear Anxiety, where you'll see all of the archived episodes that we have done. And you can also write into us. You can also just email us at go at gozen.com and put in the subject line, Dear Anxiety, and we will get those. And we'd love for you to go to iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast and please leave a review. We really appreciate those. Thank you so much for those. They just help us to reach more people and let them know how you feel about the podcast. So where do yeah. they find us? Where, where's the iTunes link? Well, they can go to bit.ly. They can go to bit.ly forward slash Dear Anxiety. They can find us there. And we are coming up on our 50th episode. And so I want you to write in and tell us what we should cover on our grand centennial episode. If you have an idea, if there's something that you want to talk about. Our half centennial Because it's number 50. Because it's 50, you know? And and I remember when I turned 50 100 years ago and I thought to myself, (laughs) boy, this is cool. And then I'm 150. So anyway... Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Rini Jane. Thanks to everybody. I hope you had a great holiday. There's more to come. Keep coming back at Works If You Work It. I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm Rini Jane. We will see you next time. Bye, guys. And grateful that, you know, that whatever hair I have on my head is still here. I mean, I'm not, look, (laughs) I'm not going against it. I'm saying, let's just see what's there and see how that goes.